special episode of VHS Cult. How come? It's a bonus episode because we've been doing it for too long. One year. We've overstayed our welcome. Been doing it for one year. That's what I said. Made zero dollars. No. No. I mean, we've actually lost money because we've we paid for like mics oh, and, yeah. uh, and a website. So We've lost money. We've lost money. You gotta spend for- money to make money. You gotta lose money to make money. We were offered um, something from a company called Rumble to do things. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. But um, seems like Rumble is trying to be TikTok for the alt right or something. I don't know. I couldn't get it. I couldn't yeah, figure it out. I don't know. Yeah, I feel, I feel like there's a lot of like these social platforms that reach out to you randomly because they're all trying to be like, as soon as we all get um, censored from Facebook for saying racist shit, we'll have to have our own Facebook. You want to <laughs> join us? <laughs> like, oh, I guess you did. You want to be on the bottom floor of racist Facebook? <laughs> I guess you didn't listen to the podcast I guess at all, you huh? Correct that. More racist Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> I think our content will fit. But it is a very special... One year anniversary VHS cult slash Space Force, but VHS cult now. Welcome to the cult. We watched Space Invaders for this one. Hell yeah, we did. For years, scientists have speculated that there was intelligent life in outer space. Now comes definitive proof that there is no such thing. Come on, open this baby up. Let's see what she'll do. Hit it, Blasney. <laughs> Now, five misguided Martians have landed in Big Bean, Illinois. Come on, let's kick some earthling butt. Looks like you hit something. On Halloween night. Prepare to die, Earth scum! (laughs) Maybe later. Have fun, boys. They think they're wearing Halloween costumes. What a bunch of morons! Perhaps a taste of this death rat. Perhaps I'll just have to remove those little heads of yours. And now they're up to their antennas in. What did I step in? You know how bad that's gonna smell? In trouble. There are five of us and four billion of them. Why know you boys? They're my cousins from California. Dude, let's get them! I caught you going 3,000 miles per hour. There goes my insurance. They're not really bad, they're just stupid. Join Captain Bitto. I said, prepare to die! 
Lieutenant Blasney. I thought this was a bad idea. Who joined the robot slave? And all their spaced out friends as they take off on an adventure that's not quite out of this world. For those of you who don't know, Space Invaders is a 1990 film about Martians who come to Earth on Halloween. Uh, they basically just bumble all over the place, <laughs> and it's one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> it's like way better than it deserves to be. I thought, so I haven't watched it in quite a while. Since we were kids, probably, right? I don't think I've watched it since like, like 14, 15. Yeah, teenager. And I was like, you know what? Uh, what if it doesn't hold up? Um, and like the pacing's a little bit weird, but that was the only thing that bothered me all the movie. Otherwise, I was like, "No, this is a perfectly fine movie." They don't make them like this anymore. No, they don't. Like uh, kids' movies now are like. Well, first of all, we talked about some of the podcasts. Is you have money comes first. You can't have a good idea and then hopefully make money off of it. It's money first. So everything for kids now is already a recognized, marketable product. It's gonna have big name actors in it instead of voice well, yeah. Actors. I mean, like even if it's not like a big recognizable product, it's gonna have a thousand na- big name mm-hmm. actors or musicians or uh, instead of voice actors or sports still stars. Voice actors jobs. Yeah, now you now you sound like Billy West <laughs> uh, and Maurice LaMarche. Yeah. I agree with them. Like like voice acting is way different than acting. Well, I mean, can... it's what you get a you get a. I'm actually making fun of Abominable the movie right now because like LeBron James is a snowman. Well, I'm sure LeBron will do a great job, Something. but. What's he have to say about China, Kyle? I don't know what he has to say about China. Nothing. Nothing yet, huh? <laughs> hmm. Shut up and dribble, right? Uh, yeah, but he's not a voice actor. He's not even an actor. He's a he's a basketball player. And he's in that movie with uh, Amy, Amy Schumer. Yeah, and her. Bill Hader. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bad movie. What? He's actually kind of funny in it though. As I didn't see it. As himself, as Bill Hader's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, but um, you know, it's the, the kids' movies now are really manic and they're really adjacent to marketing shit. It's or their Pixar movies, or their Pixar. Pixar is still fine, I guess, but they did make Cars Eight and Airplanes and shit. Or whatever. Well, I don't. I think I think Planes technically is a Disney movie. Oh really? Yeah. Oh well, they did also make Incredibles too, and as soon as that movie came out, I heard nothing else about it. So it probably wasn't that good. It wasn't like it was bad. It was just. Didn't need to exist. Yeah, like what were you doing? Yeah, I remember there was so much hype for it, and I was like, "Why? They already did it. It was already fine." And then it came out. I didn't see it, and no one ever talks about it again. So I was like, it "Must not have been that good. It's fine." And not like it was bad, but yeah, it just didn't be made. Know. Like, well, they didn't do anything interesting. Yeah. So, Space Invaders is a different beast. Oh, they did a lot of interesting things here. They sure did. It's a completely original idea. Uh, Martians. These guys, our our heroes, are basically like Martian Coast Guard. (laughs) Yeah. Because they work, they're like civilian asteroid patrol instead of like being part of like the main fleet. Mm -hmm. So Mars is that one. I didn't get a lot of this as a kid, but there's a lot. (laughs) There's actually a lot of like political and social (laughs) commentary in this movie. Yeah, these guys are... Bad. They're bad at their jobs. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not necessarily bad at their job. I guess. Well, they're, they're just, trying to do. They're more. just not important, and they want to be important. Yeah, they're trying to do more than they're capable of. Uh, we see in the beginning, um, Mars has a huge fleet, and they're at war with someone called the Arcturus, which might actually just be another division of Mars. We don't really ever get to see if there are other aliens or anything. Yeah. 
But um, every ship has been equipped with uh, these menacing drones that uh, suck. <laughs> <laughs> They're uh, basically representative of the military-industrial complex, really, right? So they're basically generals that are out of touch. They're getting all the Martians killed. There's yeah, that great scene bad. in the beginning. I won't send my boys out. <laughs> yeah, and then he fries one of them. The other guy's like, I will. Me too. And then they come back and um, they're being dead. destroyed. Yeah, everyone's dead. And he's like, I have not yet begun to fight. And so, well, now would be a good time. <laughs> There's so many great lines in this movie. Yeah, so they have these evil drones that are taking over the military, seemingly leading their society, basically, since they seem to be militant society, mm-hmm. and just fucking it all up. Uh, even our heroes have one of the drones on their ship. And they're nobodies. Yeah, and they're civilian asteroid patrol. But they uh, they received a the one, distress call. <laughs> shit's popping off, and so they're searching for the fleet. And uh, their little, their cool little machine guy comes out looking for the distress call, and it happens to be in the small town in Illinois is broadcasting War of the Worlds, and they pick up on it, and they're like, "Ah, huh, there we go. That's where we need to be, Earth, Earth," because <laughs> they misinterpret War of the Worlds for. War of the Worlds. <laughs> uh, after I w- finished watching this movie last night, I immediately went online and bought uh, the vinyl War of the Worlds. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I was like, I fucking want to have that. I was I like, when it gets to <laughs> me, no, I want to listen to it. Yeah, once the uh, um, society collapses from climate change, I'll still be able to listen to War of the Worlds on vinyl. <laughs> With your solar paddle, I'll solar have a, powered. I'll have like oh, a hand crank? <laughs> a hand a crank. Uh, um, vinyl, no, it's like, slower. Tabletop. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about fucking our heroes well just a little bit we'll get into them more when i because i want to talk about the voice actors behind them too but i, I never remember knew as a kid i didn't remember all their i didn't know no, i only knew captain bipto captain bipto captain bipto captain bipto um so we got the smart mouth pilot blasney he's uh the voice actor i couldn't see the, his voice actor is not listed so it might be the guy in the suits actually doing the voice too um but he's doing jack nicholson yeah or jack nicholson jack nicholson yeah. When? Why? I, can't, was, I don't. Can't yeah. remember now. You know the Joker and one of the Cuckoo's Nest and all that shit. You know the guy, the man, the myth, the legend. Or he's doing Christian Slater, who's always doing the impersonation <laughs> of Jack Nicholson. He's like, well, we gotta get down. We gotta see. Um, it's pretty good. I like it. Uh, he's also got. Then we go down to the store, and there's a man there. <laughs> Where do you guys grow your wrench molars? Where do you guys grow your wrench molars? He's uh, got a little bit more common sense than the other Martians. <laughs> he's like the only one common yeah. sense. Uh, he's he doesn't think it's, it's a good idea. Bad so. idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just let me go on record and say this was a bad idea. Yeah, because he didn't want to go to Earth. He's like, nah, that doesn't seem right. Uh, captain Bipto is he's the captain. Uh, incredibly overzealous, very optimistic. <laughs> it's about the prowess of the group. <laughs> They're um, glory. They're about to. to you know what's uh, interesting? In. I don't know if it's interesting to anyone, but it is to me. Um, I always Captain Bifto always reminded me of our grandma. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> she's um, so optimistic, or no? Just because. Uh, I don't know. Just something about like how yeah, like he's a real go getter, but like kind of just like goofy. <laughs> 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 and like yeah like grandma was always like really it is always has always been like really encouraging and optimistic like to us and stuff but then just kind of like 
you know. Like, yeah, I'm a grandma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even as a kid, I was, for some reason, Captain Bipto reminded me of our grandma. This is new. I didn't know uh, Lieutenant Giggywake was his name. Yeah. Again, outside of Kevin Gibbito, I didn't remember anything. Yeah, he's the <laughs> prepare to die or scum. Prepare to die or scum. You think he's the yeah he's a know it all, hothead, very ambitious, but mostly he just wants to wreck shit. <laughs> he's here to blow some up. Look, when a vastly superior alien culture comes all this way to take over your world, certain basic laws of planetary conquest apply. For example, when someone points a quad-vectored hyperthermic cosmoblaster at you, it's a fair bet you're about to become toast. Will you please sit down and be quiet? Or perhaps in your case, a whole loaf of toast. Uh, then we got Dr. Ziploc. The guy with the, he's the sciencey guy. The German. Yeah, he's, uh, looks Dude. like, <laughs> he looks like he's got an SS officer uniform on. <laughs> and he's a science guy, he's got a German accent, so he's like Dr. Mangle or something. <laughs> he even kind of has some Mangle glasses. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and he's aware of California. Because <laughs> there's a part that? where, she's, yeah. these are my cousins from California. Dude. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> they're, uh, well, I like to think that they're that advanced, and they obviously are aware of human civilization. Mm-hmm. They're just probably just spying on us. Yeah. Uh, the snippet for him says the careful and calculating scientist. He doesn't really come across as calculating. <laughs> He's kind of along for the ride. More like. careful. So there's a scene very early on when they get to Earth where um, Captain Bipto gets hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. And they just assume he's dead. They're just like, ah, <laughs> something came out of nowhere. Let Captain Bipto do his doom. And then later on, uh, the Dr. Ziploc, Giggywig, and our final guy here, Corporal Pez, who is like the youngest, smallest one. He's the Michelangelo of the group. Yeah, basically. I always wondered, like, this is around the same time as Two Major Turtles. Mm-hmm. This came first, right? Because Turtles is what? 80, the, well, the comic is 83 or 84, right? The cartoon. Ninja Turtles cartoon that blew up was like was 87. 87 or 88. Yeah, yeah it was 87. Yeah, and then this movie came out the same year as the first Ninja Turtles movie, 1990. Oh, yeah. So, like, they're I always felt like they're copying Turtles a little bit. A little bit. They do have this same... Well, they're cartoon archetypes, really. Yeah, you know? I guess that's true. Yeah. Uh, but these three, Gigiwig, Ziploc, and Corporal Pez, get mixed up as trick-or-treaters because it's Halloween. No one thinks they're actually Martians, <laughs> which is crazy because those are pretty advanced halloween man they're from california yeah people are rich out there i guess <laughs> not us but <laughs> somebody out there um so they end up going trick-or-treating with a group of kids uh, there's a part where they're getting out to go trick-or-treating and the lady driving is like look both ways before you cross the street <laughs> oh yeah and then you hear one of them in the background go ah so that's the trick if only captain Bipto had known <laughs> this yeah this movie's like way funnier than it deserves to be like, i mean I in a lot of how... respects what it is they took a bunch of uh, martians like some idiot martians and mm-hmm. they just put them up against a bunch of hicks yeah idiot hicks bunch of idiot hick martians and a bunch of idiot hick humans yeah so to get into the hick nature of it it's a uh, big bean illinois so kind of like an upstate illinois place right mm-hmm. or would it be up no yeah, rural i would say it's southern yeah well because i don't really Chicago's know Chicago's up on the, the lake right yeah so it's I was I don't know it's rural Illinois. It's nowhere near Chicago. Um yeah, a lot of hicks. Uh, to to give a basic rundown of like because there's a subplot with Wrench Mueller uh-huh. and uh, Clem Becker. <laughs> That's Clem Becker. <laughs> hey, Mister Clem Becker. 
Um, we got Royal Dano. He previously... In he's this playing film. the same character he played yeah. in uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah, so in this film, he's he got a dog gym. an old farmer with a dog, just as he was in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. He uh, survives the whole movie, though, and is kind of like a main character. There's this dude in town, Clam Becker, who's a real cowboy real estate. He looks like a Texas oil man kind of guy. Dick. Yeah, he sucks. He's the villain. Aside from the drone, it's him and the drone. <laughs> but he's buying up all the land, right? And presumably, it's like Wrench Miller. Well, no, he's already like what it is is that he owns or runs the tr- the farmer's trust, right? Yeah. And so all the farms are starting to um, starting to go under. And since they have this new off ramp, he's tr- he's like, I'm gonna get all this land, and uh, we're gonna put like a house in development here maybe in like a shopping mall over here that one could, of those it's the lex luther of uh plant yeah one of those he probably put in one of those big um truck stop gas stations gloves or whatever yeah <laughs> put one of those on there yeah. those places are wild they're great you could definitely like live there <laughs> if you wanted to have sex with a truck driver that's the spot to go i think gloves yeah because they got like Fucking big old showers and shit. You can have a real romantic time in those showers. <laughs> uh, anyhow, yeah, so that's the collapse of small town by industry mm-hmm. personified through Clem Becker, who is just an all-around asshole, as you'd expect, because he's a bougie landowner and shit. So a little bit of class consciousness there. <laughs> Again, <laughs> unfortunately, our somewhat hero of the film... Who is not Steve Gutenberg, but has a lot of... He's, he's <laughs> Gutenberg-esque. He's, you tell he's tr- reaching for a little Gutenberg vibe. He's not quite good enough. He's the sheriff of the town. And uh, the he's the father of, I guess, the main human character. Yeah. There's a little girl who um, is dressed as a xenomorph. And does not want to be in small town shitsville. Or she, basically, she's tired of moving, really. Tired of not having friends. Um, in the credits for this film, there you go. And introducing Ariana Richards, which is the little girl. Only movie she ever done? No, this is like her sixth film. Oh, really? So it's not like <laughs> introducing yeah, kind of like... Shit. Yeah, that's kind of shitty to do. <laughs> uh, and then also, um, there's a character named Vern. Yeah. Who uh, runs the gas station. <laughs> what happens is the person who ran over Captain Bipto was Clem Becker <laughs> and his big ass truck. Clem Becker just rolls on into the gas station. He's got a cold beer and a hot woman. He wants to keep him that way. <laughs> uh, so he's like, give me some gas, Vern. And Vern notices he hit something. <laughs> and so they scrape Captain Bipto off the front of the truck. <laughs> Why is this movie so funny? <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing, <laughs> I mentioned this in the other podcast we recorded today for Creep Show. Um, I love that it's Halloween. And it's like, to, like said, I love that, like, to me, it feels like anything can happen on Halloween. <laughs> and it's like, hell, yeah, aliens would invade on Halloween. If anything can happen on Halloween. I love the vibe of it. So Captain Bipto revitalizes himself at the gas station and enslaves Vern. He becomes Vern Droid. Um, and I wanted to bring him up because he's a funny character in the film. But the also, actor's amazing. The actor, uh, yeah, his name's um Wayne Alexander. He's uh, been in a lot of cool stuff but you would not recognize him because he works primarily as like um monster guy like makeup guy like um general the tortoise friend oh really yeah so he's in like babylon 5 he's in a bunch of episodes of x files his cameo of like background characters in the star wars movies. i just like to chew the scenery yeah he's like <laughs> i like to have fun that's basically what it is. yeah he's, I'm some, gonna... he's someone who can act through heavy makeup 
So that's cool. You always like actors like that. Well, I mean, in this movie, most of them, his acting, he has completely blacked out uh, sunglasses. You don't see his eyes, but he still emotes perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. He also does two completely different sets of voices from the time he was the nerdy uh, guy at the gas station to when he becomes Vern Droid. Vern Droid. (laughs) Yeah, he's uh, fucking awesome. Something like this. Like I was thinking something a bit bigger. (laughs) That's just his prototype. (laughs) Get in. Well, it's very. Looked like Vern was. He was designing the giant robot before he became. Yeah, he was. He was. It was his way of because uh, he hates Clembaker. Clembaker. He's like, yeah, I'll drop him. Fucking kill you. Because they show him like working on his blueprints. Yeah, he would. No, he was like, I'm gonna fucking irrigate all these fields. If I was gonna come back, and I'm gonna drop a fucking truck on this guy's house. <laughs> yeah. So he's already working on the um, <laughs> ultimate weapon <laughs> <laughs> to destroy Clembaker. It's Clembaker, who, by the way, gives all the kids cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> cigarettes. And they go trick or treating. And that's definitely that. That could only happen in 1990 when cigarettes were cheap. <laughs> yeah, now they're like gold. that's like when you see people like, well, make sure your kids don't get any weed candy from the goddamn hippies. Now it's like that shit's expensive. No one's gonna give you fucking little abortions <laughs> or fucking weed. Now we need to talk about voice actors for these characters. Like I said, Blasney doesn't have a, uh, anyone listed for his voice actor, so. Seemingly, it's the guy in the suit, I guess, also did the voice. But he doesn't really have any of the credits aside from, like, um, other little people work. So, I don't know about the voice acting. This was just my voice. <laughs> I just sound like Jack yeah. Nicholson. Sound like Christian Slater. Uh, the guy that did Captain Bipto, his name is Jeff Winkless. He did a lot of fucking anime work in the 80s and 90s. Just a few good ones. He's in Lupin, Google 13. He's in Nasca and the Valley of the Wind, Castle in the Sky, and... Oh, shit. I definitely watched some stuff he's in there. Uh-huh. And Megazone 23. Oh, my God! Got a cool bike. Get laid, laid all, all summer, summer long. long. And then we got Bruce Lenoil, who is Pez. He's got lots of Muppets credits. Oh, I've definitely seen him, too. He was the baby in Dinosaurs. Oh, shit. He's not the mama? That's right. And... He's fucking Theodore Rex. Oh, yeah, whoopee. Woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, Joe Alasky, Dr. Ziploc. So I'll, I'm going to save the best for last. Okay. It's going to blow you away. Uh, a lot of Looney Tunes stuff. Uh, he's like the modern Yosemite Sam. Yosemite Sam. Um, that's something. But uh, most importantly is uh, he's motherfucking Plucky Duck. In Tiny Toons. <laughs> it's fucking Plucky Duck. Did you do Baby Plucky Duck? Is mm-hmm. that the same? Oh. Yeah. He's... <clears throat> um, so good. While going through his credits, I saw that there's a Tiny Toons Halloween special called uh, Night Goolery. You know, a part um, of Night Gallery. Maybe the kids will watch that. Okay. Yeah, which you might. I remember. As soon as I. Basically, I, I saw that. I remember that one, actually. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, I need to watch it. And it's on Hulu, so I watched it. I like. <sighs> Halfway through Space Invaders. I actually watched Space Invaders twice this week already. Anyway. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll watch Night Gallery. Fucking good. It's a pun on Night Gallery, so it is framed like Night Gallery. Um, with uh, Babs Bunny being Hitchcock. Uh-huh. And then it's got like Telltale Heart, Frankenstein. You know, it's like Treehouse of Horror, but can you say they copy Treehouse of Horror when Treehouse of Horror is just copying shit that already exists anyways? You know what I mean? Uh, also, also, I've been watching Treehouse of Horror this week. Well, <laughs> Only the first 10, though, right? Uh yeah, what eighty nine to 
99 or whatever the good years or 98 oh yeah basically it's on hulu so you watch with the kids it's pretty good i'm gonna actually try to find some other like 90s cartoon halloween stuff because i felt very good vibes while i was watching this that's that's a lot uh, of fun last year there was a advent calendar for uh halloween specials on christmas and i was gonna do it but I, i never did but this year i'm doing it i'm doing it Doing it, 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 uh, also, he's a cure. He's in Akira. He plays um the corporal guy. No, and Rekgar in the TV series. Oh, because yeah, Eric Idle. Eric Idle did the movie. Yeah, but after that, he did it. Serious, serious voice actors in this film. This is all good shit. Really good shit. <laughs> uh, and I brought all this up because, well, first of all, you got to show respect to the voice actors. They're doing most of the acting job in the movie. Sorry, the little people in the suits. You just are walking around. <laughs> no, there's a couple. There's, it's, there's a couple. There's times, some. But, yeah. Especially with uh, Blasner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he has the most screen time anyways, I think, mm. individually. But um, anyhow, uh, I bring it up because voice actors matter. They're fucking dope. Did a lot of good stuff. And they kind of are the reason the movie is as funny as it is because it is just their delivery of a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. It's just like, fuck, what? <laughs> Yeah, they really encompass the character. They really encapsulate the characters they're supposed to be, even though, like I said, they are just kind of like cartoon tropes. They um, they stay in character. They, everything they do and say, and the way it's said, it makes sense for what their character is all about. Um, so now what I'd like to do is read to you some of the excerpts of Roger Ebert's review of this film. <laughs> all right, and then we'll talk about how he's absolutely wrong about everything he says. <laughs> So he only gave it one and a half stars. And he starts off with, do I really know what kinds of movies are appropriate for little kids? I'm not sure. It's been a while since I was one. I do know I'm disturbed (laughs) by the fact that parents and people in that mysterious adult guardian category do take little kids to see R-rated movies that are likely to frighten them now and harden them later. I know I don't think slash or horror movies are funny for little kids, even though they may be under peer and even parental pressure to see them. But what do kids like? I have a funny feeling that many may enjoy movies like Space Invaders, a film I found almost appallingly unwatchable. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I have no use for critics who accompany children to the movies and then file reports on how the children reacted. Let the kids write their own reviews. That okay. makes no sense, Roger, yeah, but okay. Post some. <laughs> but I do know that the kids I saw Space Invaders with found it funny when I found it moronic and interesting when I found it dead in the water. So maybe I've lost touch with silly brainless entertainment like this. Let's hope so. One of the purposes of growing up and getting an education is to learn why movies like Space Invaders are a waste of time. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) And yet, a small faraway voice inside me says there was once a time when I would have liked this movie. When I was young and open to wonderments. I would have liked his goofiness. (laughs) Grow up and be boring. (laughs) Kill your imagination. (laughs) That's how you become a good movie maker. Kill the child inside. (laughs) Let the man be born. (laughs) (laughs) Jon Snow. (laughs) (laughs) 
I would have liked its goofiness and its bubble-headed comedy, and I would have been grateful that it did not pound me over the head with violent special effects or depress me with heroes that live in the sewers. Taking the swing of the Ninja Turtles, too, huh? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Fucker. The props and special effects in Space Invaders deserve some notice for being frankly phony in the spirit of low-budget space movies from the 1950s, although I doubt this movie had a small budget. The Martians look like they bought their costumes at a local novelty shop. What? What? Those are pretty good <laughs> suits. They're not like Jim. They're not like Henson Creature. Jim Henson Creature Shop. No, you know, they're like pretty good. And then there's even a certain charm in the movie's naive look. It lets kids know it's all play and that they don't have to worry too much about being unpleasantly scared. Which is where we came in. Talking about adults scaring kids. <laughs> so, um, what do you think about that? You think uh, Roger sounds like a grumpy old man. <laughs> That's <laughs> only a grumpy old man right there. That's only 1992. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did he think of the Marvel movies? <laughs> yeah, I don't really get it. So, maybe there was a lot of amazing children's films that were being made around this time. That were somehow better than Space Invaders, I mean, but it doesn't seem like it, right? I remember the ni- the nineties. Yeah, like, I was a child. Uh, this is like honestly, like we're not we're pretty close to like blank check, and uh, what's that other one that's basically the same movie? Uh, movie Milk Money? No, First Kid. First Kid. Whatever. Sinbad. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Roger Ebert is a Lincoln movies. Yeah, this I, I think it's a pretty scathing review for. Was essentially a pretty clever and funny kids movie. Yeah, it's a, like a little cute little satire. What do you want from it? Yeah, I mean, I guess if it's not going to win any awards, and if every movie is being judged on the same four star scale, you have to give it a relatively low rating compared to, like, say, Jaws or something. I guess, but it's not even. Why would it even be on the same scale as Jaws? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so for me, I don't know. This like goes back to when I talk about the Marvel movies. Like I judge them differently. I judge Avengers Endgame differently than I judge, you know, like uh, Shawshank Redemption or uh, uh, Schindler's List. You know what I mean? Well, absolutely. But the problem I have with them is I they're like near worthless to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just got the point where I don't really watch them. I don't have any desire to watch them. They just seem empty. Like Space Invaders seem to Roger Ebert. No, not in a completely different way. Because Space Invaders, this seems like everyone's having fun. <laughs> they made a cool movie they wanted to make. It's really funny and charming. And like I'm deeply invested in it. I watched um, like Avengers and it's like watching like a sausage tractor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can see the machinery at work, you know? Like everything about it is like, oh, the directors don't direct the action scenes. Oh, these actors aren't on screen together. They're CGI together. You know what I mean? It's yeah, I like it. so detached and empty, um, which is nothing. It's, you can't say any of that shit about Space Invaders. Everyone's hanging out together making the movie. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. To get back to this film that fucking Roger Ebert hates. What does he know? I mean, what did he even give the assassination of Jesse James? Was he even alive then? Hey, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, 2006. I'm pretty sure you gave it a one-star one review, Kyle. I, I give it six out of four. Wow, that's a lot. It's my favorite movie. Uh, Space Invaders, however, it doesn't have um a very stirring emotional narration like Assassination of Jesse James, but it does have some of those high-tension scenes, you know, like when... <laughs> 
Jesse comes to visit after they just killed his cousin. And it's like they're trying really hard not to, you know, let anyone know. Mm-hmm. There's a similar scene in this film where the Martians are in the back of the station wagon. And they're trying to, um, you know, kill all humans. <laughs> but they also have to pretend to be surfers. <laughs> Dude! Uh, I like when... um. So they get kicked out because Captain Bipto says, oh, your case, a whole loaf of toast. <laughs> Calls the mom fat. Yeah. Who's, that lady's from, like, a lot of, like, sitcoms and TV shows from that period. Yeah, yeah. Because she's recognized her from, I don't know, Northern Exposure or something. <laughs> I don't know. Or Tool Time. I always say Tool Time, but it's home improvement. Yeah, Tool Time was the show, show in the show. show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so they get kicked out. I like when they're walking away, and then the little girl and her duck friend are just like, well, let's follow them. <laughs> it's, well, I, I can see I can see myself personally doing it, but I'm always kind of like, oh, let's see what happens in this dire situation. <laughs> like, I can see myself following them because it's fucking Halloween. Let's see if they, they go to war with humanity. <laughs> but it's weird that <laughs> the little kids are like, man, we should be trick-or-treating. Let's watch... See if these aliens kill everybody. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. She is dressed like a xenomorph. She, the whole thing is she is kind of an outsider, too. So maybe her and I share, share similar yeah, personalities. Her very similar with kids. Or she was like, you go along famously. Let's check it out. Yeah, I mean, she's tired of moving. Her mom's dead, so she's sad. And she likes aliens. Yeah. yeah um, That's all you need to know. Yeah, highly relatable to me because we basically lived in one house my entire uh, youth. Um, both like my parents 11. were alive, but I did like Alien. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, though, as a child, I liked all Alien movies. So I liked Alien, Aliens, and even Alien 3. <laughs> Actually, still kind of like Alien 3. I don't, <laughs> care. I don't care what anyone says. They got an alien dog in it and shit. It's wild. David Fincher's first movie. Oh, it's wild. Oh, it's crazy, man. You couldn't even believe it. It's so crazy. Like, if H.P. Lovecraft wrote it, he'd be like, well, I can't even, well, I can't even tell you how crazy this oh, is. Oh, man. You can't even imagine. Oh, oh it's scary. Oh, me. Wow, oh man. man. <laughs> oh, man. Scary monsters scaring me. Old gods from scary places. Wow. Ah, uh, Eldritch. So, Blasney already's like, this is a joke. Why are we here? Uh, the entire time, he's like, I'm done already. Captain Bipto is off with uh, <laughs> Verndroyth, and he's going to single handedly take over. <laughs> or does he just assume his. Well, he can't get in contact with them, right? Yeah, he can hear what's going on. He can hear their communications, but he has no idea what. Uh, he has no way of contacting them. Yeah. And then, um, well, I like when Captain Bipto first shows up after getting hit, and he's got the V8 <laughs> stuck to his head. Ziploc, Giggywig, and Pez get to the radio station and they find out the World Worlds was like I don't think they understand it completely, but they realize it was like not real. Yeah. And then <laughs> But first the dude uh, is like, Oh, we defeated them with our germs <laughs> and then coughs on them and they all freak out. <laughs> oh germs, germs, oh god. <laughs> so that's cute. Everything they do is cute. I wish like I had a little Martian <laughs> You should have gone to Area 51. I thought that was the plan. You go to Area 51, you get little Martian slaves. Only like five people showed up. Yeah. The rest is just hung out in Vegas. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I guess the attendance in Vegas was up like 100% that weekend or some shit. Because everyone's like, close enough. <laughs> I'll stay in a hotel. <laughs> they got booze, poker, and <laughs> prostitutes here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> someone should try to do a Facebook event where... All right, we're gonna storm the concentration camps on the border. How many people do you think will show up for that one? 
<laughs> and then it'd have to be like disclaimer like some of us will probably die <laughs> we're legit gonna fight the government this time <laughs> but if we had the martian friends from area 51 and they had like the donut of destruction like these guys did we would win no because we would be obliterated too Oh, won't your ship be obliterated too? And um, like, ah, screw it, blow it up. <laughs> yeah, but they once again so bumbling. They 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 inserted tab A in a slot B. Just slot B. Yeah, they bumbled through the construction of their ultimate weapon and it just falls apart. <laughs> and they just have to run for it. <laughs> this is at meanwhile after they blew up the uh, corn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. That's uh, actually the first thing they do when they yeah. get kicked out from trick or treating is like, all right, it's time to really wreak havoc, and they have a, like a planetary annihilator. First, they're gonna destroy their escape route. They blow yeah. up a new off ramp. <laughs> yeah, they blew up our new off ramp. Um, and then they use well, the planetary annihilator or something <laughs> to they just blow up a corn silo <laughs> and rain popcorn pop everywhere. <laughs> and they have to eat their way out. All off screen, though. It's just crunching noises. Yeah, I love these little Martians. They just, they can't do it. can do no wrong in my eyes. I don't know why they didn't just make whole endless series of movies about <laughs> these Martians. They should have turned into a cartoon like all those famous uh, kids' movies. I'm guessing it probably didn't do too well Robocop in the box office. And, uh, Police Academy. It was directed by a man named Patrick Reed Johnson. Terminator. I don't know who he is. He's never really directed anything else. So, one hit, one hit under his belt, and then he gave up, I guess. Uh, there's a part in the film where they gather around a campfire, defeated. And they start singing Home on the Range, but Mars, Mars is my home. <laughs> oh, give me a home where the asteroids roam. And the bleeps and the fuzzy mugs play Where gravity is low And the water is slow And the desert winds blow you away Mars, Mars is my home Where everyone's short just like me I wish I was where there is not so much air and two moons could smile down upon me. So presumably they've gotten like radio signals from Earth, so they know Home on the Range, and someone just remixed it on Mars and gave a folk song for them. I like to think that they have no art of their own, but they just, <laughs> they they just weird out all the Earth songs. Completely artless society. <laughs> yeah. Is there, that why their clothes resembles like Earth clothes too? Because mm-hmm. they weren't able to design it themselves, so it's all replication. Exactly. Of it. It's like the Chinese knockoff industry, but Mars. <laughs> yeah, because Blasney looks like he's a fire. He looks like a Top Gun guy, you know, a flyboy. He's got aviators. Well, he's the pilot. A f- bomber jacket. You know, he looks like a pilot man. Pez for some reason's got like a varsity jacket on. Cool Letterman jacket. <laughs> Uh, Captain Bipto looks like he's in the military. Ziggywig looks like he's in the military. Ziploc looks like SS officer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, military. Yeah. Which specific kind of military. Oh, and they roll up too. They all have those uh, cyber helmets on. Oh, yeah. But then we don't see him again. 
And their helmets also didn't look like the same helmets that the Martians were wearing on like the war cruisers. Yeah, again, these guys are not the uh, cream of the Martian military crop. Mm-hmm. Cream of the crop. <laughs> Separated the wheat from the chaff. These they're guys are the chaff. <laughs> they're out there guarding the, the coasts of Mars. Yeah, at the end, they're like, man, I fucking, I'd give anything to just control the asteroid belt again. <laughs> Captain Pinto's like, you know, if we hurry, we can make it to our tourists and help torture prisoners. So throughout the whole film, Wrenchmuller has been trying to capture the aliens to get money and stuff, obviously, which is right. what you would do with Martians, really. Uh, he's kind of, maybe he's villainous? What's going on? What's, you know, he seems oh, to be a threat to our Martian friends. He's just some poor old man. Yeah. And his dog, and, Jim. I mean, they crashed their ship into his barn, too. So, you know, what are they doing? What are you up to? He thinks it's termites. <laughs> oh, Jim. Oh, termites. Jim. Channel up to barn again. Oh, to move in with my sister Marge and her poodle. And Jim's always like, bark, bark at the poodle. Some, there's, the first time he does it when they're on the couch, you can tell he's looking off screen at his handler. Yeah. But otherwise, it's pretty good. I like when... uh. They get out of the truck. Jim can get out of the truck on his own, but he can't close the door, which is the kind of something like a dog would be able to do. You know, nice little touch in this great movie. Um, but in the end, uh, Wrenchmuller is actually going to help him. He's going to blow him up with dynamite to help him kickstart the ship. Like a cherry broken. can or a garbage, or like a cherry bomb or a garbage. Yeah, can. their ship's all broken. Um, Blasney has a great line where they're talking to the duck, right? And he's like. Meet us at the Wrenchmuller farm, and then he talks to the little girl. And he's like, "Where do you guys grow your Wrenchmullers?" <laughs> so that's pretty cute. And then, yes, yeah, so they're all they get the ship on its ass, right? He's like, "You get that ship on its ass," and so they do. They get it on the ass. Yeah, you know, it's ass. And you'll blow it up with TNT. And um, there's a lot of like in the ship, out of the ship, to the ship. Like, yeah, the, like, the final act is a little messy because the drone guy shows up. That's final acts tend to be. Yeah, and then they're like, well, he's like, I'm going to kill him when we get to space. And then they're like, no, don't kill us. And he's like, okay. And they go to launch the ship, and then the drone's like, I am still going to kill him. <laughs> and so Wrenchmuller has to give him an award, which is a dynamite. Stick of dynamite. <laughs> the drone doesn't seem that powerful. It's just defeated by one dynamite. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one stick of dynamite, I guess. It definitely would defeat me. But That's this true. is a general kill drone. Yeah, maybe. this is the like most powerful Martian creation kill machine ever or something. You know, maybe we should... What The takeaway from this is that the Martians aren't that great at anything they do. No, I'm also convinced, even though they don't go into it, that the Arcturus are just another faction of like the Martians. Why? Just because... Where's Arcturia? I don't know. We don't. We don't have Martian star charts. Yeah, but Arcturia is like a place in Mass Effect, so maybe it is real, actually. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they just copy Space Invaders. Who knows? Mass Effect. I thought usually used real shit. I don't fucking know. I don't pay attention to that shit. I was. Gonna, I don't, I'm not a gamer. I'm not rising up. I was gonna replay it because I like Mass Effect because it's fucking soap opera shit. But yeah, I don't like playing video games very much anymore. Anyhow, um, Wrenchmuller does blow up the drone because he doesn't know. He doesn't know shit. He gets swindled by humanity. <laughs> As humanity's about to get swindled. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he blows up the ship. Uh, but they gotta lose weight. Way up. Way up. As the duck kid says. He's not a duck anymore. He's a regular kid. Now. <laughs> uh, but they gotta lose weight. They're throwing all the stuff they have off the ship. And then uh, since uh, Zig- Ziggy Wake or Gizzy Giggy Wake was uh, not in his seat, he gets tossed into the bathroom of the ship. 
and stuck on the old commode, as they call it. And as it's known on Mars. Yeah, and they're not able to, they still can't lighten the ship enough. And it's, what's going to happen? Everyone's on the edge of their seat. And Giggy Wig flushes the toilet <laughs> and lets go of all the Martian dookie. <laughs> I watched it with the kids, and uh, James and, and Ryan really liked that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they like uh, scatological humor. Yeah, they're, they're big, they're big enough poo poo. They're uh, connoisseurs of pee pee poo poo. <laughs> So that's enough to get him up out of the atmosphere and fucking save the day. Oh, I forgot. Um, the little girl and the the robot that the aliens have, the Martians have, um, are like dating. <laughs> yeah, they got, a, they got a thing. And so she gets a little um communicator so she can talk to the Martians because Blazing's a nice guy. Uh, and then the next day, it turns out Martian Dookie is f- amazing fertilizer. And everyone's crops are just blowing up. Yeah, they got and, like the beans. So many green beans. No, tons, tons of, beans. of green beans. Huge. Like big as a man. Gives a Clembecker. Yeah, Clembecker's pissed. <laughs> no, damn it. Oh. Now he, where am I putting him shopping mall? Well, he just can't do shit now. They blew up the overpass. Yeah. All the farms are growing. He's done. He's done, though. Mm-hmm. What's he going to do now? He's going to take his goddamn cowboy oh, hat. Oh, and not only that, a fucking Vern did crush his truck. Because Vern Droid had stole his, his woman. Had his giant truckosaurus. And he took his mummy girlfriend. Yeah. Even though, like, they some they had something going on. Yeah, even before he was a Vern Droid, he, she was a mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, and also, um, Captain Bipto frees him from control, but Vern still seems to be... He's like, you know what? I'm just going to stay being Vern Droid. <laughs> I like this voice. Yeah. It makes me feel powerful. Yeah, and he's standing up straighter with his chest out, getting girlfriends. Maybe that's what I need to do. Date watch update. Need to find a Martian turn into Kyle's Droid. Kyle Droid. I'm actually already like a tough guy though, so I don't know. Maybe you just need to start talking like this. <laughs> that one won't make the podcast annoying. <laughs> I'm gonna try the entire episode. Captain Bipto! Captain Bipto! I like when he's putting the magnets on his head. <laughs> and he does that crazy smile to the <laughs> sheriff. We didn't talk about the sheriff very much, but basically he's like Dime Store Steve Gutenberg. He's not that great. He was gonna shoot Wrenchmuller in the beginning of the movie. Because <laughs> Wrenchmuller shows up with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, but he's just gonna kill the petite bourgeoisie. <laughs> he doesn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like though, um, there's some nice like work in that scene where Clam uh, Baker, Clam Baker comes out and uh, he's standing on the curb and then he steps down and realizes he's shorter than the sheriff, so he steps back on the curb <laughs> so he can still be in position of power. I like that. That's interesting. Real good character work to show that he is just a wimpy rich guy. He's like, oh no, my power. Oh no, you mean I can't be on top of every social hierarchy all the time? Oh shit. I, maybe I should just game the system. <laughs> change society so that I am on top no matter what. I'm just going to wear platforms in my shoes. I know for a fact that Jeff Bezos, as soon as it's possible to like get his limbs longer and be taller, he will do that. It'll be like suddenly Jeff Bezos goes from... I don't know why you're... I, uh, singling out Jeff Bezos. Elon Musk is going to do it too. I think Elon Musk is already pretty tall. Is the difference. Like, he's around six feet. Probably over six feet. He seems pretty tall next to regular people. Jeff Bezos, though, is a little guy. So he'll be like, whoa, hello now, Elon Musk. Look at me. I am now five foot eleven, king of the manlets. Uh, I actually try not to be a dick about people's height. 
but I don't care about rich motherfuckers, especially because you can tell that they are really insecure about their masculinity as it's applied to like bland, boring shit like height and like width of shoulders, <laughs> size of lap, <laughs> how big your back is. So if they're that concerned about it and they suck, I'll make fun of them about them. Same yeah, thing. How big is your back? Kind of too big. I'm tired of like shirts not fitting very well. My back bigger than your back. <laughs> My back way too big. But that's the same thing too as like fools on the internet. They're like, I'm a tough alt right guy. I'm real tough and tough. And I say, no, you're not. You bitch. Come through. Fuck you up. <laughs> What did your kids have to say about this wonderful film? Did they like it? They liked it a lot. Yeah. yeah. We'll watch it again. We'll probably watch it again next week. Yeah. Right. Probably watch it again this week. I've already watched it twice, but I can't watch it again. It's just uh, really easy to, really digestible. You really chill out and watch it. Um, Nostalgia is a big factor, I'm sure. But it's also just like, I'm having a fun time watching this. I mean, like, I know all the lines. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's some of them that I forgot, or like little bits that I forgot as soon as I saw them again. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I forgot um, the deputy, like when they drive by, his car gets oh, cooked. Oh, yeah, and he has like a sunburn on his face. <laughs> Shit gets cooked. Which makes, like, I didn't appreciate that detail as a kid, but yeah, they're going 3,000 miles an hour. <laughs> this shit just gets cooked. And then uh, the sheriff finds, like, the melted videotape. <laughs> What'd you think? Holds up, huh? Oh, yeah, that bad boy holds up. I Hell don't know yeah. why I'm talking like this, but I am. Oh, yeah, that's a good movie. That's some good movie. It's been a year of the cult. Yep, one whole year. Part of it's been the force. What's your uh, favorite movie that we've watched so far? Um, I mean, so we've already watched some of, like, my favorite movies of all time at this point. So it's kind of a little bit biased. But I'll, like, Return of the Living Dead and Akira. So, yeah, there you go. Return of the Living Dead and Akira. I think the episode of Return of the Living Dead, it was pretty early on, so it's probably not very good. Yeah, I think it might be like our third or fourth episode. Yeah, so I don't probably, I don't probably like that episode of our podcast I bet very it's, much. I but. bet it's amazing. I, I'm going to be honest with you, Kyle. I don't know that the quality has improved or decreased since we started. <laughs> <laughs> I think it has. Audio quality, at least, anyway. <laughs> Actual content. Content-wise, I'm sure it's been the same. But, uh, yeah, so we're certainly leaving Dead and Akira. What about you? I don't know. I, I always find it hard to like pick a favorite anything. Like, Return of Living Dead, Transformers, Space Invaders. Those are mo- I mean, Transformers and Space Invaders are movies that I've watched a million times yeah. since I was a kid. So it's hard to... Um, oh, shit. We've also watched Blade Runner in yeah. 2049. We've watched Escape from New York. I don't know if you've watched like a lot of my favorite movies of all time, yeah. So guess it is hard to pick. But I do love Return of the Living Dead a lot. What so. is the least favorite? What's the one you were most disappointed with? Disappointed. Oh, oh there's a um Mazes and Monsters. Yeah, Mazes and Monsters. That. Ugh. Um, it wasn't like it's just not it wasn't good. It wasn't bad enough to be good. It was just not fun. Yeah. It was not entertaining. It was just like propaganda. <laughs> the uh, Gene Simmons one uh, was boring, run away? except for Gene Simmons. <laughs> ah, I'm Gene Simmons, <laughs> business vampire. <laughs> yeah, he had the bullet that drove, flew around, <laughs> flew around corners and shit. I'm t- I don't know what you're talking about. That was ten times the movie Blade Runner was. I think those are the, t- yeah, those are the two movies I like had a hard time watching. Like the Mazes and Monsters, I like had to watch in three sittings. Because I was like, oh, well, for real, what? Well, that's, that's probably Tom Hanks' worst movie. 
Yeah, luckily it's his first one, so he's like, well, we can only go up from here. <laughs> we do have a lost episode, too, remember? Oh, yeah. Over the top. Over the top. Obviously. Yes. Eventually, we'll have to watch that again. <laughs> Originally, this podcast was just going to be canon films. Remember that? Yeah, I do. That's uh, why Death Wish 2 is our first one. Yeah, but that's too limiting, really. Yeah. I mean, who knows how long yeah. we'll do this podcast for, but had we gone the route where it was only canon films... It Could be done right now. <laughs> no, because they have like... Mm, close to like 200 but you know so it'll be three years maybe three four years but we'd get we'd be getting to some real shit yeah we'd be watching a lot of really bad movies at this point we would have watched all the ninja ones and (laughs) we'd probably be doing chuck norris's and stuff (laughs) and keep is delta force the canon one uh, Delta Force is a canon film. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, keep in mind we will be watching. We're still gonna watch Delta Force. We will be watching canon films. We'll just probably as long as we can, we'll hold out on watching the really bad ones. <laughs> yeah. So when you hear this episode, it'll be around the same time as the Creepshow episode. So the next couple days later, yeah. next thing we'll be watching is um, Halloween Three: Season of the Witch because it's still spooky season, and it will be for another couple of weeks. Well, then after that, well, I know we're watching. I won't tell you yet, but it'll be um, more fun. We'll be doing more like fun stuff. Um, to me, the Halloween movies are all fun too, but it's like a different kind of fun. I mean, some of them. I mean, it depends on the movie and how seriously they take their subject matter. Right. That's why you thought City of the Living Dead was the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm a witch. I'm here for reasons. Bob, you gotta get out of here and smoke a joint real quick. <laughs> Daddy, don't kill him with the drill. Ah, ah, that never comes up again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in that in Dunwich, if you murder a vagrant like Bob, no one cares. Everyone, you gotta get a reward. You're in pictures in the paper. Everyone seemed like they hated Bob anyways. Uh, go listen to the City of Living Dead episode <laughs> for more about Bob. Well, that's that for our 100th episode, I reckon. Um, if you've been listening for a while, thanks. If not... Welcome to the cult. Welcome to the cult. Tell all your Stay friends about it. Stay a while. Well, tell your friends, too. Yeah, tell your friends about it. Get them involved. It's like Dianetics. When Dianetics came out, and like it, everyone in the Hollywood scene was passing around, like, yeah, this is real cool. Yeah, man. I've heard that all everyone in the Hollywood scene is passing around the, the, the VHS cult podcast. Uh, ooh, I hope not. That's, <laughs> that's kind of not the crowd I want. But <laughs> There's got to be someone in Hollywood. Like, all right, that's fine. Someone in Hollywood who's cool. Uh, does Guillermo del, del Toro live in Hollywood? I think he lives in Mexico. So. I don't think he lives in Mexico. I thought he never wanted to go back to Mexico after his dad got kidnapped. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that sucks. Poor Guillermo. Yeah, maybe there's someone in Hollywood I think is cool. I really, really doubt it, though. <laughs> Whenever I think of Hollywood, I just think of, like, Joe Rogan and his friends. <laughs> I don't think that's the... Uh... Uh, the people, the denizens, the citizens of Hollywood, necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh shit! Have you been um? Nope. Up with American Horror Story? No, I stopped watching the second episode. I think. Oh man, too bad. You're missing out. It's garbage, right? I can tell just by the way you're framing. Well, all right, so I'll be honest. I'm really impressed, actually, that they've been able to keep it together coherent enough for it because it's still only been one night. I'm impressed they've been able to keep the story that tight. It's still really dumb because it's American <laughs> Horror Story. That part impresses me. What I'm really into, though, is uh, how they're utilizing the Night Stalker. 
where they're making him like actually a servant of Satan. Like he's been resurrected and shit. <laughs> and he's got like secret relationship with one of the girls from Hollywood and all this stuff. But there's like scenes where they like make out and stuff. And I just think about the real Richard Ramirez, whose like teeth were rotting out of his face, and he smelled yeah. so bad. Gross. <laughs> I just like thinking about those scenes where like there's a scene where like licks her feet or whatever, and it's like, oh man, you imagine fucking gross ass <laughs> Richard Ramirez. I you know this is mean, but it, there was a friend that we had, and kind of always when I heard, heard about Richard Ramirez's mouth situation, I always reminded me. Oh of that. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, at least that guy wasn't a serial killer. That we know of. That we know of. That's because that's the thing. You always get surprised. Uh, not me. I think you never fool me. Either. I'm, I'm. I see right through people. That's why I'm the cult leader. I know. <laughs> I see into their souls. Exactly. See right through them. I know what they need. I know how to support them. Society threw you away. The internet made you boring person. Come to the cult. Come to me. VHS cult for the hot takes the fun times and eventually fucking nightgown compounds yeah and then you have more of that to look forward to here in VHS cult let's what, what, another year ten years a thousand years let the McDonald brothers replace the McElroy brothers let us ascend we will replace them in your minds and your hearts and in your bodies the only thing that can save you now from climate change VHS cult we will be building a compound. It will be like Noah's Ark. But you'll be allowed to do whatever drugs you want. And you can have sex with whoever you want as long as they're cool with it.